Welcome back to Walk the Talk podcast. Today, I'm going to be speaking with Jake Ho, the first ever guest on our show. Jake was born and raised in Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam. He graduated from the Ontario Secondary School Diploma Program at CIS, the Canadian International School of Vietnam, in 2018. Young and energetic, Jake took his skills and talent to British Columbia, Canada to pursue an education in the Motion Picture Arts program at Capilano University. Since then, he had taken on the roles of editor, writer, and director of some short films. You can find Jake's website on the featured post on our social media platforms. Without further ado, let's talk to our guest. Hello, Jake. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? It's pretty good. First of all, thank you for coming on the show, and uh, we're excited to have you here. Um, thank you so much for having me. I'm very honored. I don't know if you've seen or not, but on our Facebook page, uh, I put out a poster of uh, you the other day, and um, yeah, a lot of people has been very excited, and uh, how do I say, uh, they should be uh, <laughs> listening to this episode of you speaking right now. How do you feel about that? Um, oh, it's, it's my first time being interviewed for a podcast, so I'm kind of excited and curious at the same time. Nice, yeah. So with season one, you already know that we're going to talk about what's it like for students before they go overseas and uh, pursue this dream education. Like I said in episode one, it's the big departure that we're going to talk about. Are you excited to share about that? Yeah, for sure. Uh, hopefully this info or this insight will help uh, many more students in the future when they're deciding where to go to study abroad all right so this is uh something i thought of to start off the show i'm gonna ask like every guest who comes on for season one this question of the series so what do you miss most about home do you want to share with us about that yeah um i think the thing i miss most about home is just the feeling of being home you know when you're at home like there's there's this certainty that there's your, your family around you. You wake up, you go downstairs, you see everybody in your family. You just know that they're there and you're there. And it's just where you were born. So everything's familiar. You can go around feeling confident, knowing everything. You can trust the place. And that, that that's just a feeling that I miss most about home. It's just the feeling of, of being home. Do you miss the food? <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Like, so there's so many food that I, I can't get here so many yeah well it is what it is and we're gonna have to live with it right so yeah let's get down to business uh i'm gonna i've got a few questions here that i'm gonna ask you you obviously have seen them but the viewers or the listeners have not so let's get down to it so how do you come to choose your field of study it's uh, actually quite a um, interesting story because when i was in grade 9 and 10 or so um I really liked playing video games and I thought to myself, well, why, why don't I go into something about video games? So, um, video game, game developing, right? And then, uh, and then I went to IB and took physics because as a game developer, you need to know like all these math, all the physics in the game. So I took IB and then I just saw that math and physics. It's not really a thing for me. But at the same time, I was in um, student councils and school clubs that I was making a lot of videos for them, like 
or contents, promotional content. And then I just, um, it just stops for a bit and rethink why don't I go into something that I'm already doing like a little bit good at and to improve on that since I already like it. So I, I decided to go into filmmaking, film production instead. And that's where I ended up. I remember when you put out your first few projects, it was amazing. And like the whole school just loved the promotion of videos that we have like in the morning announcement. And, and like as friends, we, you know, went on to take, make some uh, mini projects. If I'm not wrong, did we make one of the video that you used as your portfolio for university? Uh, yep. 20, 2017. Yeah. December, November, December. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I use that for my portfolio for the schools I applied to. Yeah, talking about school, what were the few things you were looking at when you were choosing a school? Yeah, I think first of all, um, their requirement. What are the grades? What are they expecting from me? How good should I do in grade 12 to get into the school? What courses should I take in grade 12? And, and as well, also really important um, where the school is, like, their city, their location, and then what are they offering? Like, what what's their facilities like? What's their program like? What do people say about them? So I, re I read a lot of reviews and um, articles, rankings, school rankings. Um, and yeah, and then I just made a list of the of my top choices and catered my um, catered my grade twelve courses toward it. Yeah, no, thanks for all of that. And yeah, you, you mentioned that you read a lot of like reviews and you went on website and forums and all that stuff. I obviously did the same thing and I think everybody out there was doing the same thing. Do you have any recommendation of where to go to find your sources? Um, Google is a pretty good place to start <laughs> searching everything. And then um, I know that there's a lot of journals or magazines that write um, reviews about schools and also a lot of online news sources that does school ranking. And um, I guess Reddit too, you can read reviews from alumni and current students, you know? Right. Um, how much did your high school help you in, in the filtering process? Like, was there like an alumni association that like played a part in uh, advising you choose, to choose this school? Yeah, so uh, the year when I was uh, applying for universities, my school actually had um, kind of a trip to Canada before where students go around universities of Canada and have a tour around Canada to see the universities. Uh, I didn't go to that. I was uh, going on that tour, but um, speaking to, talking to the school's advisor, the, the counselor, Miss Melissa, uh, yeah, I got a lot of information about universities because we had, we had a lot of connections with universities and so i had this insight of what the schools are like what the universities are like and then sin since she's also been on the tour uh she's seen what the schools look like so i was talking to her too and that also gave me more information about the school like what i'm expecting what i'm going into great so you now have been in canada for like almost three years am i correct uh yep this is my third year that's amazing. Well, before that, have you ever been to Canada? Uh, before that, I have never been to Canada. Right on. And so how 
how much do you know about Canada? Like, did you have like an expectation or like, like you have a picture in your head that you sort of just painted up because like social media and whatnot? Yeah. So uh, I didn't know what the people were like because they were my teachers, uh, some of my friends. So I know what Canadians are like, and uh, like they're they're amazing, you know. Um, but picture-wise, visualization-wise, I did not really have an expectation in my mind. Um, I kind of just went for it, and well, as you see on films, TV, what America looks like, and I, I kind of imagined that Canada would look a bit the same. So that was my expectation, I think. Yeah, I guess we all were like that. You know, we go on Netflix, you go on Google, Reddit, social media, and whatnot. Were you like curious, like? Do you take an extra step to go and look into it uh, or were you just like you said like just wing it like just oh whatever comes comes uh, I, I did look a bit like since I know where I was studying I did go around on Google Maps and just to see the area what it looks like you know like technology is so amazing now <laughs> like you could just use Google Maps like 360 view and then take a campus tour when you're in another country and you kind of see what uh, what's the scenery is like, um, what the streets are like. Yeah. I don't know about you, but me, <laughs> I've never been to St. Catharines where I am right now, uh, let alone Sprock University. So I've never known what this area is like and like the bus system. And like you say, technology is so amazing. Uh, you can just be on the other side of the world and see what your uni university looks like. So yeah, that's one really cool thing. Moving on, what was your application process like? Uh, was it tedious or like was Capilano University the only school you applied to? Uh, I think I applied to like six or seven universities in total, but Capilano was my first choice. And I also had York University in Toronto as my second. And since, um, since my program is so, so particular, they required a portfolio some of the schools required a portfolio and an interview as well so that was that was kind of nerve-wracking so at first you gotta um, i gotta think about like what my portfolio is going to be are they gonna like it and then if they do um will they interview me and then after the interview the interview process was also kind of tedious like you said because like just just like any interviewers, you're trying to get accepted into something. So of course, that's there's that uh, nervousness in you. But then after the interviews, you start thinking, well, how do I do on it? And will be accepted? So it's just the waiting. Uh, it's just the feeling of waiting that really got into me. But then it worked out. So I guess just believe in yourself try your try your hardest yeah no i i, f I felt that pressure when i was sitting at um the embassy <laughs> uh like i applied to for my visa going to canada like pretty late on like a lot of people started in june uh prior to the september school i started in july and it was nerve-wracking because i i didn't know how long the process was going to be and like obviously coming from vietnam we both know we've heard about people getting rejected for visa and all those stuff do you want to share what was it like in that process in your in your mind yeah uh for sure i i submitted my visa application even later 
like in August. No way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, two weeks before, actually three weeks before school started. So it was really, really late. Yeah, and it it was kind of nervous, but um, I did the application process on my own, so I didn't use any service. But just make sure that you got every information, you got all the information you needed. Just ask questions, and make sure you got all the paperwork and stuff, and don't be late. Did you wish you use some like agencies or services to help you with your application process? Uh, actually, no, because I uh, like I, I've always. Thought that uh, I can trust myself the most, and especially when you're dealing with all these information, I don't really want to give them like agencies and services too much information. So then they have access to all these information about me, like police certificate and stuff. So I decided to do it on my own. Um, yeah, and reading the Canadian government website, they have a pretty clear outlines and. Guidelines about what needs to be submitted, and as long as you follow their guidelines, you should be totally fine. And there's a certain motive among like Asian parents, as if like oh, their 18 year old son or daughter is not mature enough to handle like official paperwork. Um, what do you have to say to that kind of mindset? Well, just believe in yourself, and if you know you can do it, then you can probably do it. Because if if you can do it, why should you be Paying for somebody else to do it, and then all sorts of things can go wrong. And when you do it, you're res- you're being responsible uh, for your work for yourself. So if you mess up, then you know, like you're affected by it, and um, and you know what you did wrong, so you can do it again, I guess. But yeah, if as long as you think you can do it, just go for it. Yeah, no, I I certainly agree too, because like you know, it's better to make a mistake while you're still home. Um, then, like you know, your parents take care of you, everything they could, and then you you fly to the other side of the world. You live by yourself, and then you start messing up, and you're all by yourself at that point. Yeah, it really hit me when I was, like I said, you know, when I was sitting at the embassy, and I was waiting for my name to be called so I can hand in my passport and all those stuff. Um, yeah, that, it was during that waiting period, that one two hour wait, <laughs> that it hit me that I'm going to be overseas for a really long time. And well, I mean, I've I've been overseas before, so I was that I wasn't that nervous. But you know, it keeps coming back to me. It's like, okay, I'm no longer a kid. You know, when I go over there, I'm gonna like have my own bank account, have my own like ID card, responsible for driving and whatnot. When did that moment come for you? Um, I think it was when I landed in Canada, and then I had to go to the bank to open up an account. And like I've never opened an account before, a bank account. So sitting in the bank and going through all these things, like the the employer at the bank, employee at the bank was just telling me, um, how's your, how's my account is gonna work, and then I I even asked like, wait, am I getting a a card? And she said, yeah, of course you're getting a, a debit card. Right, a Visa debit card, and at that moment I was like, "Wait, what? Visa? I thought I thought Visa is a credit card, but I'm getting a debit card." So that's that's the things that you didn't know when you haven't gone to to Canada. You know, like at home you you didn't need to worry about those things, and now you're facing the real world, and you have to do these things for yourself. 
to, to be able to live. Yeah, that's crazy because after that, they, they hand you this thick stack of paper with like five, six pages and then you sign your name on like four or five pages of it and you initial yourself as well and you don't even have time to read through it. And let alone if you request them to send it through your email, that's never going to be read. So like all, all these sorts of things, it, it hits you, right? Yeah, for sure. It's, it's nerve wracking. And then, you know, the next step is we all after the debit card is the credit card and then like, you know, credit score and and everything that comes with it. Yeah, it's, it's funny that you said that um, it hit you when uh, when you landed in, in Canada. It, it's certainly like very uh shocking because all the signs around you are no longer in Vietnamese <laughs> and it's all in English um, so what was it like when when you were waving goodbye at the airport yeah um, at at the time like like I was 18 turning 18 not 18 even so I was 17 so kind of kind of stubborn you know and then like I was really confident in myself and I just thought well it's just uh, going somewhere on my own to study, like, I'll be fine. I'm, I'm, I'm a grown up. Like, I'm almost 18, so I should be fine. So I just walked through the airport gates, like confidently, just saying goodbye to my family, and just walked straight into the airport, like without any hesitation. And then once you get to, once you get to Canada, and like um, a year or two later, that confidence in yourself just, just not like not losing not disappearing but um a sense of like maturity grows outgrows that that stubbornness and then you start to realize oh wow this is what life is without the family without the without, without your comfort zone that you're so used to and and then only then at that moment you start to to miss your family you know and that and that confidence in that 17, 18 years is just gone. It's, it's just now, it's just now like the memories of like a 20, 20 year old. And that, and that bit of you that have grown, outgrown the, the 17, 18 years old. And that's when you start to realize how you miss your family. You mentioned a couple very good things right there, but I'm going to get to the, the funny part here. You said that you say goodbye to your families and you walk into like, you know, the immigration door and all those stuff. How many people were there when they when <laughs> when you go to the airport? Because for me, it was like a whole <laughs> gang, you know, like my aunt, my uncle, my my neighbor, my nanny, and all those stuff. Uh, how many people were there when you were uh, flying off? It was only my mom and my sister. And my bed, my dad was kind of busy at home, so he couldn't make it. But it was only, it was really it's just my um, immediate circle, just my mom and my sister. So. I guess really uh, more in intimate than having a bigger like family or a circle. Yeah. So was that did that make you feel uh, emotional in some way? Uh, yeah. Like I th I think so because like these are the people who I'm I'm leaving behind. Just these two people, and especially when you um, when there's only two there saying goodbye to you. You really see how much it means to you and to them instead of having this like a, a lot of people around and, and especially when you have more people like your aunt uncle your relatives you feel 
more joyful instead i think because everybody's happy that you're you're going to uh, study abroad and everybody's cheering for you but when you only have your your mom and your sister there it just hit differently uh, i'd say yeah nice so you also mentioned some part about like a few years later you experience more when you're away and you sort of outgrow your old self i assume you used to live on like campus and then probably in second or third year you move out and into like a house with your housemates i assume you were packing by yourself <laughs> uh, so how was packing away from dormitory into like a, a rental place different from the packing before you go to Canada? So um, I knew that I was gonna live on the school's residence dorm in my first year. So I, I only had one luggage and I, I don't really like to bring a lot of stuff. And it's um, like, I I kind of see myself as a minimalist, I guess. Wow, you make me feel yeah. bad about myself. I have three luggage. I had to pay <laughs> extra, man. Wow. Yeah, I only had one. I even uh, I even had an extra one to bring uh, like seafood from Vietnam to my uh, uncles and aunts here. Oh, so you have family here. Yeah. So how has that helped in like assuring yourself uh, when settling in? Yeah, it's really helped for sure. Uh, especially when I have my uncle here, so my mom's brother. Um, and he's been here forever. He's, he's Canadian. So I, I think that also that gave me a lot of confidence when I landed and he was there to pick me up. And I know that I have a family here, like not immediate family, but still family. So if anything goes wrong, I have a person to call and have somebody to rely on. So that's a really big advantage I had. I'm assuming that you didn't bring a lot of clothes and you would just like, you know, when you come over here, you buy stuff that are here because it's more tailored to the lifestyle here. And Canada is a cold place, even though you're in British Columbia, it's, it's not as, as cold compared to Ontario. But where do you buy your winter jacket? Was it in Canada or was it in Vietnam? Yeah, I didn't buy any jackets in Vietnam at all. I just had, um, just had one hoodie. Uh, yeah and then uh when i came over to canada uh, my uncle kind of showed me around and then we actually started to buy clothes and jackets so it's because it's more like um it's sold in canada so it makes more sense to buy things in canada that fits the, the weather here the, this lifestyle here yeah no, i i made that mistake <laughs> i bought i bought a jacket uh the North Face, by the way, it's a pretty well-known brand, but I realized that like it wasn't like fit for me because like you know at home when you buy in a market is like one size fit all, one style you don't get to choose. So when I came here, I made the mistake of like that, and then I end up having to sell off my old jacket. I hope my dad is not listening to this episode. Uh, I sold that jacket and I bought another jacket that is like more suitable for my lifestyle. I think that's really important too. Just you know, just pack the essentials and don't worry. Don't be too worried about the the cold jackets and stuff because you can get those things here. And I also want to add to that, um, like as you as you live for yourself, and then as you grow, you kind of there's this part in you that like a style in you also grows, and you you have your style 
like while you live alone away from your parents away from those from like the influence of your parents because i know that asian parents like to buy their kids clubs a lot yeah and then you just grow up wearing those clubs you know so when you live on your own and then you start to see oh i like this jacket i like this shirt you start buying them then you, you kind of uh, have a style for your own and and then you save space as well when you're packing in vietnam yeah no definitely your your style changes over time uh i know my style has changed uh my friend says i dress like a dad <laughs> i don't even know what that means probably like canadian thing <laughs> but yeah no thank you for all your input today uh we really appreciate you coming on the show and and just you know giving us a lot of insights so i mean my biggest takeaway from today is for all the kids listening pack light <laughs> bring the essentials and yeah just wing it what do you think about that yeah truly just go out there experience have some uh like, i like the adults say like get some frictions you know like, just yeah i guess the frictions with life you get you gotta be injured sometime a little bit to, and then then you grow on that and then you just figure out things on your own That's how that's how you grow, I think. So yeah, totally. Right. Yeah. You live and you learn. And yeah, no, thank you for uh, agreeing to come on and be our first guest. I'm sure that a lot of people who are interested in pursuing a degree in motion art picture would uh, love to hear from you more. Um, so would you like to be part of the show like later on in, when we're talking about a different topic? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I guess we can go in depth about what I'm studying. And maybe my future plans, if since we're talking about uh, the past and the present now. Right, yeah, no, season one is just like the tip of the iceberg of what our show is about. Obviously, you know, you've been here for three years, you've learned a lot more like Canadian slangs, uh, what food to eat, what's the store to go around here. And obviously, you have a day job, beside from school. So we're gonna get into all the nitty and gritty of how you applied to that job and how you, you know, worked up the wrong, along the ranks. So it's gonna be interesting. For everyone who's listening at home, if you want to con contact Jake, uh, his website is linked in the description. Jake would love to get in touch with you guys and shoot the question his ways, or you can email us or send us a message on our social media, media page. Uh, let us know what do you think of this episode and, uh, Spread the words.